Welcome and happy Friday. This is Travelog, the podcast of Connie Nast Traveler. And I'm here in the podcast studios with Bridget Allen and Laura. Well, we're going to do individual hellos. I <laughs> like the individual hellos. <laughs> Okay, Bridget Hallinan. Hello. <laughs> Meredith Carey. Hi. And Laura Redman. What's going on? And we've all been on vacation for 100 years. Yeah. Yep. We've been that's here for a while. It, that's what it feels like. In many parts <laughs> of the world and the country. And it is America Month because it's July and we like all things America in July. We like them all throughout the year, but we especially like them in July. Uh, we take a few weeks, a handful of weeks to celebrate our homeland loaded term. Um, <laughs> and because we are people who eat all the time and love to eat, we started with food. And we put together a survey. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we put this together. Bridget took the lead on this. She gets all the credit. Um, <laughs> it was a long process. This is a thoroughly researched piece. It is about the food that defines America, the favorite dishes that's what we ended up calling it, in each state around our country and where you can get them. So I wanted to start by stepping back, mm -hmm. Bridget, because one of the things that we, we all observed as this was coming together was that there were themes. Yes. So as we look around this great land of ours, before <laughs> we go state by state sure. and just rattle them off, what are some of the themes about how America eats? that we found in the process of putting this together? Well, there was a lot of meat. A lot of meat. A lot of meat. Some of that meat was also fried, and there were a lot of fried dishes as well. No vegetables. No <laughs> vegetables. Unless, Just one vegetable. No, no, wait, there was. Fried green tomatoes. But that, that was a fruit, though, technically. Oh, that's excellent. Oh, oh my God. God. She nailed you on the pedantic <laughs> point there. It's not even. It's so sad. Foodie pedantism. I just, I just really love that in the 52 dishes that we could find that were emblematic of every state, territory, and district in the United States, there's not a single vegetable. No. It, not it, a one. I mean, but but okra, are we surprised? Okra was on the line. Okra almost made it in the South. That's true. And but, it, but it didn't. What state? For no, what it didn't. State? Mississippi. Oh. No, Mississippi, oh. I believe. Okay, that's fair. And I think that might have been it, <laughs> right? I mean, we have a lot of dessert there, too. There's like half a dozen kinds of pies. Even berry, a fried pie, berry which did not pie. make it in. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, America, we're fat. Like, what's up with that? Well, I don't know that we're fat. We like to eat tasty things. Oh, we do. We like meat. We like a lot. There's a lot of barbecue. There's a lot of barbecue. There's like three different kinds of barbecue, mm -hmm. I think. Kansas. Texas. North, Texas. North, North Carolina. Carolina. Tennessee. Yes, four. That's right. Four barbecues. And they're all different, and they're all very, very uh, distinctive of that place. Depending so. on the rubs and the sauces, how you marinate it, right. they're all very proud. Whether or not you have sauce with it, That's gosh, there's got a lot of feels about that situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to that. And then you, got, you mentioned there are many pies. We're yes. pie-loving land. We are a pie-loving land. There is Marionberry pie from Oregon. What is a Marionberry? Was oh, the mayor of oh, Washington, D.C. Because yeah, it right? sounds LPR. like Maryberry, who sound would like love pies. <laughs> Which I referenced recently. Um, <laughs> Marionberry is a hybrid berry out of Oregon that was made out of one of the universities there. And it is, I think, a blend. It's kind of like a raspberry bread with a blueberry. And it's both tart and sweet. It's wow. magical. And the jam, I mean, you go there during the season and every store, every shop will have marionberry jam, pie. I think there's probably soaps, you know. Are they, they all grown in the lab? Can no, you grow them anymore. in the wild? 
Well, I don't know. I'm not in from the, Oregon. In the wild. <laughs> I just want to call them Mary Berries from now on. Mary Berries. Mary it's got berries. a nice ring. Sorry, anyone from Oregon, please let us know. Yes, I'm sure they do. You grow Marion berries in your backyard. In Please <laughs> add us. <laughs> it's been going on for a century. What's with the Frankenberries, Oregon? Come I don't on. know. Okay, Greatest but they're very mystery. tasty. Very, very tasty. We've got the huckleberry pie in Montana, which I think kind of has like a sour sweet flavor, apparently. And the berries are made into different soaps, and most famously, a pie. Which I think is at Glacier National Park. Yes, I want to say yeah. That's like the famous place where you get it. There were big fights over this. Big fights over that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then other sweets too, not just pies. We've got the gooey butter cake in Missouri. Oh, Meredith! My God, let's talk about this gooey butter cake. I don't even know if I can explain to people. I did. I tried really hard in this article to explain what this thing tastes like. And it doesn't taste like a pat of butter, but it's really good. And it's sometimes made with yellow cake mix and sometimes made with like a combo of a lot of other things. But for the most part, if you were to make it at home, it's yellow cake mix, powdered sugar, cream cheese, and like a heck of a lot of butter. Is it like towering? How? No, it's pr- okay. it's it doesn't have to be. And basically, it's like this layer of sort of harder crust and then a very soft, creamy, but like can stand up center and then it's just doused with powdered sugar. Mm. Is it and like a graham cracker crust kind too? Kind of okay. ish. It's I like, like that kind of going. texture. Mm-hmm. And it's not super duper sweet but if you've got a sweet tooth you're going to be real happy. <laughs> um, and I've actually eaten it a lot in Texas but it was created and is like well loved in St. Louis and the Missouri Baking Company I think has like had their mark on this since the 1920s but it is so good. Everyone's got a slightly different recipe but for the most part those are the main ingredients. It's like mm. cake, but also like a custard, but so much better. So you know what I love about this list is it inspired such wrath and such debate and so many sessions with everyone we knew from. Just within the office, within not the, even like readers. Oh, exactly. But we reached out to food writers, chefs across the country. We talked to our network of travelers, locals, um, Goldbelly. Tell us about Goldbelly, Bridget. So Goldbelly is a food ordering website that's based in all 50 states across America, and they ship the most popular foods from different restaurants and suppliers anywhere in the country. Like, you can order. There's one thing on our list, Kansas, the Z-Man barbecue sandwich, that, like, smoky, delicious onion ring sandwich. You can order that if you live here in New York City. Everything that's on this list is orderable through Goldbelly. No. Not all of oh, them. Okay. We kind of like what we did with them was we asked them to pull an initial list of like the most popular ordered food in every state. And when we worked off of that, we were like, oh, like, does this feel authentic? Like some of them, like obviously like the lobster roll in Maine, like, of course you have to order that while you're there. But then for other stuff, it was like, you know, cookie milk, like, yeah, sure. Sounds delicious. But like, maybe not. For maybe not Ryan. iconic of a place. Yeah. So and we also talked to state tourism boards too, yes. right? Like yeah. we, we really canvassed the country yeah and we still have things like the state of connecticut where i'm, I'm sure people are going to write in or if they haven't started already like we'll get to that in a, yes. in a little bit <laughs> i think oh, yeah I've, I've already heard disputes about connecticut mm-hmm. yeah we ended up picking the hamburger because it was invented there at louis lunch in 1895 but there's also white clam pizza in new haven yeah. and apparently also hot buttered lobster rolls which i have not had the pleasure of trying 
Yeah, they they can't they can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> Our resident main native. I'm is, sorry. Is gonna, I was just there. Fight that one. And I had never even noticed it because it's probably because we were doing this list, and so this mm-hmm. was in my. They stuff them at you like you cross the state lines, and it's just like here, have some lobster, isn't have it, some more lobster. Isn't it great? And what, you haven't had this <laughs> toll, kind of lobster yet. Toll booths are handing them out. Yeah, yeah it's just it's it's literally. We'll we'll get to that, but uh, they're everywhere. Connecticut can't have it. They can have their white <laughs> clam pizza, or their hamburger with the toasty bun. Yeah, yeah. So that is to say that we talk to lots of people who mm-hmm. eat for a living, who yeah. love to eat, the gluttons of our world, and this is our list. So are we happy with it? How do we feel about it? Yeah. I mean, we went through so many different rounds of vetting by the end, I think, like when we all like kind of as a staff just sat down and like went through every single one. I mean, we felt pretty confident in it. And we have them illustrated, too, because then it looks even better. Yeah, check it out. Seeontraveler.com. Plug, plug. Yeah, what's the <laughs> URL for this thing? It's called 50 States, 50 Dishes. Okay, we are trying to be helpful to people as well as just kind of round this stuff up and have some fun with it. You already mentioned, Mare, that with something like the gooey butter cake, everybody's got a recipe. I think that's fair to say about almost everything on this list. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that we tried to do is find a place that has – the iconic version or the best version or just a really good version so that you can know where to go and actually get it, right? So I do think to some extent, because we did that, we could walk through and if not do all 50, which I think would be great if we can have that ambition, but if not do all 50, then like let's pick some out and tell people where they can get them. I mean, I can make my Texas pitch make your right, Texas off, pitch. right off let's, the let's bat. Let's go barbecue, little okay, barbecue great. segment. So the Texas dish that we picked, and I will fight anyone who disagrees with me, is barbecue beef brisket. Uh, it How, is who's gonna just that's right. Not okay, a, I, fair. But like, I mean, I could think of other things that people could say. I'm not gonna say them out loud, but like they involve cheese. Um, no. There are other things that are really good in Texas. That's a fair statement. But you be remiss to right. leave Texas without some good brisket. Without brisket, right. Absolutely. So I cheated here. So we gave like one place for the most part for you to go to in every state to find this dish. I couldn't pick one. So I did regions. So the thing with brisket is that it's got this like peppery, smoky, crunchy crust situation going on. And then it should just melt in your mouth and you shouldn't have to use sauce if you're in the right place. Some places don't serve it, so if you don't see it, don't ask, because then you might embarrass yourself. And we wouldn't, we would never want you to do that. No. So my three places, my three picks, are Snows, which is in between Austin and Houston in Lexington. If you have listened to Women Who Travel, you have heard me wax poetic about their pitmaster, who is 82, and her name is Tootsie, and she's <laughs> like the one female pitmaster in the whole entire state, and she's a rock star. She's getting inducted into the National Barbecue Hall of Fame this year. Very exciting. Second place, also nearby, but in Austin, is Franklin's, which is like the OG. They know what they're doing. You're going to have to wait in line, but it's so good. Third place, worst line. I know. For those of you who've been to Franklin's, it's probably hard to believe. But it's in Dallas, home city. And it's called Cadillac. And they basically are only open certain days a week because they then smoke on the days that they're off. So they only make so much in like an industrial park right by my high school. And you go and you bring your little folding chair and you sit outside and it's so delicious. 
Pretty much all of them have really weird hours or are only open till noon or until they sell out. So my best advice for you, if you're going to Texas and you want barbecue, is get there early, bring things to do, probably other things to eat too, and <laughs> and, and wait and wait for your barbecue. Brisket specifically, because those places have some of the best. My other barbecue yeah. spiel sure. is for Tennessee. Yeah, let's go to Tennessee. And Memphis. Memphis. So this is the other place where, you know, it's gonna be slightly different style. So in Texas, you're going to want no sauce, absolutely melty. In Memphis, you're going to get a rack of ribs, and you got two ways to get them. You have dry or wet. They pretty much make sense. So the, the wet version has sauce that is slightly vinegary that's just like put on continuously through the process of cooking the ribs, and the dry is just massaged, so massaging meat. It's so, a dry rub. Right. It's just a dry rub that's got like paprika and brown sugar usually that's put on before and after cooking. So both are good. And you can go to this place called the Barbecue Shop in Memphis and ask for a half and half. So you can get half dry, half wet, decide which one you like. Because again, it's one of those things that is totally a personal preference as to whether you like dry or wet. But once you try it, then you better commit. Right. You got to No, 100%. Like you have to have made a decision. You can't order the 50, like the half and half. Every time. Every time you you need to you need to like pick a side. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of love places like Corky's too, where you eat your ribs and you leave leave with a t-shirt. I love <laughs> leaving a, yes. a barbecue shop with a t-shirt. You know, like you know, like that you buy there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's not like it says like I ate thirty racks of ribs or anything, but you're like I am so proud, and this was <laughs> that so I ate good, so a much souvenir. food. Yes. So yeah. I'm gonna wear a Corky's t-shirt <laughs> to work out until the day I die. <laughs> You, and you, you probably need to work out. Right. <laughs> yes. Not immediately after, though. No, That's no. not like, your best no, no. A digestion period nap. is recommended. Yes. You need to nap, then work out right. for a long time. Right. Um, now, Brad, do you have a take on North Carolina's barbecue pick, since you are of there, kind of? I mean, I'm totally with the pick of this dish, right? Mm-hmm. Like, So we picked pulled pork with vinegar sauce in mm-hmm. North Carolina. Yeah. Pulled pork with vinegar sauce has definitely been at every North Carolina wedding that I ever went to <laughs> as a kid, and it's really good. It's very different from Texas barbecue. Super different. It's, it's vinegary. The pork is pulled before you put it into the sauce, and so you cook it, and then you serve it in, like, giant trays of stuff. And then you definitely need to eat it with um, cornbread and coleslaw, which, again, not that different from Texas. I mean, I think that— should you go to barbecue anywhere? Sides are so huge. Yeah. We could do 50 states, 50 sides. I think Bridget would probably fall to pieces. No, I um, want to. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, coleslaw, especially when you have something that's on the spicy side, is yeah. always always in your best interest. And, I mean, pulled pork in, you know, a split-up piece of cornbread. Yeah. It's like it's money. There's also Eastern... North Carolina pulled pork and Western North oh. Carolina pulled pork. And I think is it East is the vinegary and West is more ketchupy. Yeah, she definitely picked a side. So uh, I think the vinegary one is definitive. definitive. I don't care what those Western people <laughs> think. Like, I grew up in central North Carolina, and I think Rach did as well. Rachel Coleman, who wrote the piece here, and she picked the spot, which is Skylight in Aden. And I don't know that place. It's been a while since I you know, lived in North Carolina. But I totally trust Rach, and she knows that stuff. And I think the other thing that happens is when you get to Western North Carolina, you're getting close to Tennessee, and things start to bleed together a little bit. You guys start eating ribs. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it's like they're more saucy. They have a different saucy kind of thing going on. So, but I definitely think well into Central 
North Carolina, the, the vinegar was what you got every single time. So I think we got more territory than they do. So the fourth barbecue option that we have is in Kansas. And it's basically like for the most part, with the exception maybe of Illinois, which maybe we can hit next. For the most part, we picked something that you could find a lot of places in the state. Like sure, there are better places to go than others to find it, but you could go pretty much anywhere. In Kansas, you want to go to one place. Yeah, this was something unanimously across the board recommended by the tourism department and food writers and vetted by all of our staffers. This sandwich is like the be all end all of barbecue. And you can find it at Joe's. At Joe's Kansas City, formerly Oklahoma Joe's. <laughs> I'm so confused. Okay, me too. Did like, he bring this with him from Oklahoma? I, I, I don't know. He's a traveling sandwich man. It sounds like a great gig. Like, I would like to do that. So what's on the Z-Man bridge? So it's juicy beef brisket. Maybe there's sauce on it. <laughs> it came from Oklahoma. It came from smoked provolone cheese and two heaping crispy onion rings drizzled with barbecue sauce on a toasted Kaiser roll. <gasps> sauce. Sauce. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not it, Texas. They're it, welcome it, to no? do it. You just you just can't have your brisket with sauce in the state of I Texas. I mean, that's the boldest move there is the crispy onion rings on top <laughs> I, of I would do it. Yes. Yes. I would do that's it. That's a nice textural variation. <laughs> onion there, rings it's not, but it's not everything. like a potato chip. How do you bite through that? Do just, you need like an unlatchable jaw or something? And I think like, if, how do you, you, if you look at the illustration. At least 10 napkins. That we have on the site. Like the illustrator couldn't even like the top bun is tilted. Like it doesn't even off. all fit in the drawing that that we made. Of it's falling out of the drawing. But, but like, look at all of that sauce running down. Uh, guys, you need to go online for this. It, <laughs> it, it, it is so beautiful. <laughs> and that one, I think you could actually order through Gold Belly, though. Mm. Yes, you can. And you know, we've ordered stuff from them before at the office, and it is like freezer packed. They are playing to everyone's nostalgia. If you crave something from your home state, and even if it shouldn't transport, like a cheese steak, <laughs> yeah. they figure out a way to do it. They're great. <laughs> they don't mess around. All right. So can I ask you guys about New Jersey? Yeah. Because, I mean, man, <laughs> this is another one of those. I think everybody agrees on what the thing is, but yeah. I've heard, I've yet to hear two people from New Jersey agree on where the thing should be got. Because everyone agrees that it's their local. Right. Oh, of course. Yeah, the deli that I picked because I wrote this blurb. Yeah, what's the, the okay, food what's the of thing? New Jersey? The food of New Jersey is a deli sandwich. I mean, I will like firmly fight on the fact that we have the best sandwiches in the country. Like, it's all on freshly baked, like crispy rolled at like flakes when you bite into it. Like, what's the in the sandwich? Is there? Can, well, it, can I get turkey or ham? Can I get turkey? I mean, and, like, you, can, I mean, you can get anything. You can get like a meatball sub. Like you can get an Italian hero, which is what we ended up picking because that's pretty much the most iconic one, I think, out of all of them. Which but, has like again all the meats, all the meats, all, all the, meats. the meats. Oh, I've got, I have got the full list. Classic. <laughs> okay. You got your ham. You got your salami. You got <laughs> your capicola and pepperoni, provolone, lettuce, tomato, onions, and this is key: the oil and vinegar sauce to stress with not too much it has to be balanced because a lot of amateur delis will put way too much on and then it gets soggy and then you're sad and you don't want to be sad but when you, you're eating a sandwich you need a little it needs to coat your paper yes. plate and it has to come on a paper plate because it's too fancy just otherwise. slightly greasy but not too greasy exactly and you yeah. take it with you to the beach and it's wrapped in it's like kind of wax paper yeah and it is the length of your forearm. Yes. And you can't eat it in one sitting. You should probably share it with a friend <laughs> or a family member. 
Or the whole family. Yeah. And it's your <laughs> I was gonna say it depends on the length of your forearm. It is your salt intake for the week. It's, oh, yeah. But it's amazing. It's it really like the bread is the kicker, yeah. I think. So you guys yeah. are from different parts of Jersey, right? Yes. yes. Okay. So where would you go, Bridge? And then where would you go, Laura? Mm-hmm. So I am from Mawa in Bergen County, which is in northern New Jersey, about 40 minutes outside of the city. I have been going to Latito's Deli in Ramsey ever since I was a little kid. Like, it's fantastic. Like, you go in and there's almost always a line. They have that, like, the what is it called? It's like the... The, the velvet rope, the, kind no, of velvet like rope the, of like, delis, like like basically the, uh, like the TSA, like the things you have to walk oh. between, <laughs> like, like those things where you have to like wind through. Do they like have a name? A self-imposed maze. <laughs> Let us know if you have any idea what we're talking. What are about. those things called? I don't know. I don't know. The, like the, that really bothers me. Yeah, <laughs> but. I, it's like it's always filled with a line like sometimes it even wraps out the store but my god it is so good like this is the kind of sandwich because sometimes i'll get italian sometimes i will get like roasted eggplant with mozzarella and roasted red pepper you have to dislocate your jaw to bite into it it is (laughs) piled so high but it is everything is so fresh like there isn't all of the layers are perfectly aligned there's not too much of one thing there's just the right amount of oil and vinegar and that bread like you can smell it when you go in like that like warm earthy smell that just you know do they make the bread there yes and you know that people have been laboring over this like it's just is that a requirement uh, for to be the best place no i mean they don't have to make the bread but that does make it all the more better they They get brownie points they might get it from the bakery down the road you know the good thing about the jersey deli is it's, it's probably a confluence of Jewish tradition, Italian tradition, yeah, um, family tradition, yeah. <laughs> people working together, family with their recipes friends. passed down, right? Yeah. So you you have an appreciation of all good cured meats. You know, you've got really good bread. And if you don't have it in house, you probably have it from the Italian baker down the road. Yeah, my favorite is Brennan's Deli mm-hmm. in Rumson, which is where I grew up too, and uh, it's on the Central Coast, Jersey Shore. I, I don't know. Again, it's kind of. It's the kind of place that... Do they have the line management tools? Yeah, not, not that. <laughs> <laughs> but you order ahead because otherwise you're stuck there for like 20 minutes. But so. there's not an app. No, there's not an app. Better no, not be an no, app. no, no, no good self-respecting <laughs> I was, deli. I was going to say, you're <laughs> calling, app, right? Has social media. <laughs> you use the phone and you call. Right. 1990s website. Right? <laughs> and you just tell them who you are and they already know what you want. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's your local. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So what about, what about New York? New York? Oh, pizza. pizza, of course. Pizza, pizza, pizza. I mean, I'm going to say that I feel like New Jersey also has the best pizza in the country. Uh, Uh, This is not an argument I want to get into, Bridget. No, I mean, I'm going to stand by that. And we didn't didn't put bagels on here and bagels. At the end of the day, it all felt like an extension of bread and like the water that feeds the pizza crust and the bagels is the best coming out of New York, right? Yes. Yes, Bridget. Don't make your little <laughs> noise. <laughs> um, I will say that if you have any qualms as to what pizza place should be chosen, because all of our editors actually chimed in and we didn't even actually put a person's name on this one. It just says, kind of traveler editors. Um, you can actually pop over to Bon Appetit because Alex Delaney, who's uh, an editor there, did this video where he ate something like 28 slices of pizza in mm-hmm. 24 hours or something insane to try and decide what the best slice was. I think we all came to the same conclusion, but if you really want to get a tour of New York's What's pizza, the conclusion? John's on, on Bleaker Street. It's classic. 1929. If you're going to start and end anywhere, 
you do that. I mean, we looked at, we thought about Roberta's in mm. Brooklyn, but oh, like going to Bushwick for your one slice of pizza, it's not even a slice. You and know? You, and also, it, I think the cost factor is key in this, in that like, I don't want to pay more than three fifty for a slice of pizza. Fair. You also can't get a slice of pizza at Roberta's right. because they do right. Neapolitan pies, style, yeah. and mm. it's a very different thing. Well, this is was... why I can't get with this <laughs> selection. Well, the point we made is that there are many different traditions. Neapolitan, um, you've got Sicilian, you've got slice, you've got square, you know. But the the New York slice you would find on a T-shirt is the extra large, extra wide triangular shaped gotta heaped fold with it toppings. To eat it. yeah gotta fold it to eat it grease again coming off your plate necessary and john's has one of those like messy marinara laden masterpieces that you eat while you're waiting in line you eat on the street like on the sidewalk basically it's portable food it is yeah food and, to it, go. and it's also correct me if i'm wrong here but it comes in two varieties one is just mozzarella and marinara sauce, and the other is pepperoni. Right, but and remember, you got to call that a plain slice. Which one? The mozzarella marinara. Okay. Oh, okay. That is which, regional. Y- that, that is regional. That's a plain piece. In New Jersey or in New York? Oh, no, we call it a plain pie, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the mozzarella that they're using is not the buffalo mozzarella that is used on the Neapolitan-style pizza, which you would call not a plain but a margarita. Right. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Very so good. this is how you know. <laughs> Bridget speaks Italian. <laughs> That's the one word I know. <laughs> I think um, the other place that we did, the city rules the state, was Illinois. Illinois. So we kind of did Chicago style food for Illinois because that city has a way of like spinning their own version on a classic food. They've got the hot dog where apparently you are not allowed to put ketchup on it and you have to have a pickle spear and tomatoes and like some sort of pepper, I think, like very specific. And then they've got their deep dish pizza. And then they've also got what's the third one? Italian hot beef sandwich. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So like they like they have foods that are like so specific to Chicago that like you can't go there and not try them. And so which one did we pick? Well, we we said Chicago style food. The image that we have is the hot dog, but we basically recommended places for all three. Mm-hmm. That was our one exception where we did not pick <laughs> one food. And what are the places? Um, I think it's Lou Malnati's Mr. Beef and Superdog for pizza, sandwich, dog, respectively. Nailed it. Okay. Pizza where? Oh, pizza oh where? Lou Malnati's. Okay, Lou Malinati's, and that's deep dish, of course. Yes. Yes. Okay. Ita- and Italian beef sandwich. Beef sandwich. At Mr. Beef. At Mr. Beef. Makes sense. Yeah. And you should call him Mr. Beef sandwich, <laughs> but that's, it's a sidebar. Chicago style hot dogs at Super Dog, but it's dog, D A W G, dog, Super dog. dog. Randy Jackson style dog. Totally. Yes. Okay. All right. That's like a decade old reference. <laughs> so get American Idol's back. We'll never just, forget. We'll go the rule of Never forget. <laughs> The original idol was the best idol. <laughs> um, okay, so what did we arrive at for Mississippi if we didn't go with okra? We went with fried chicken for Mississippi. Not mad about it. That no. seems fair. Not mad about it at all. Although I, I would have felt like there was some competition for who owned fried chicken. Oh, definitely. I mean, you could, like you have to get that while you're in the South, basically. So someone there had to get it. Yeah. And Mississippi ended up being, I think, the best fit. We got a recommendation from a food writer for that one. And where should you go to get it in you, Mississippi? You should go to Jackson at Bully's Restaurant, where they have perfectly golden crust that has a salty, creamy flavor. 
And they're all about the sides too. So like greens and turkey necks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the reason Mississippi got it was the argument is that you find it everywhere. You get it yeah. at gas stations. You get it at fine dining spots. You get it at soul food joints. You get it at every family party you go to. It's just, it's omnipresent, right? So yeah. if they're going to do it, you might as well go where they do it well all the time. Yeah. Where there they you do go. it frequently. Mm-hmm. What are the weirdest or oh, I, I, that's not one. fair. <laughs> no, no. So I want to be clear. Weirdest <laughs> to us, okay. like most, the, most unexpected, un, most unusual or unexpected things that we found as we were doing this. Haven't research. tried it before. Can mm-hmm. we say like yeah, or yeah. food you never, it, or just that it, when you did try it, it blew your mind in one way or another. I mean, I'll say, Corey Viergar, who was our photo editor, would be very upset if we didn't mention Nebraska's Renza, which is another sandwich mm-hmm. that's got, it's basically like a bread pocket. It looks like a it's hot, a hot pocket. pocket. Yeah. It looks like the early it's version a of a German hot pocket. Hot pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a handmade German hot pocket with beef, cabbage, onions, and seasoning. And it was brought to Nebraska in the 1800s. Now, like, fast food chains have it. Brought and from where? Germany. Okay. German immigrants. Um, okay. The fast food chain is actually named Runza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is it's just iconic. It's the one thing that should you be driving through Nebraska, you could stop at a fast food place. And you can get it everywhere. And you can get it everywhere. And it's portable. It's also <laughs> Again. portable. Lots of portable food. Sandwich hot pocket. It's probably one of those meals that evokes nostalgia more than anything. Mm. So it's, you know, you try it once. It, if you don't have a personal connection to it, let us know what you think of it. Yeah. But I think if you're from there, you go home and you always you have a runza. It's kind of like grabbing in and out when you come through a, an airport in L.A. Yeah. I don't know. Everyone has their their must do. Yeah, definitely. Was uh, did, what was California? Baja fish tacos. OK. California's mm. tough, right? It's yeah. massive. Yeah. There's so many cultures there. Yeah. yeah. That was a hard one. How do we arrive at that one? That was one of the picks from the tourism department, and we also have a few California natives in our office. And after speaking to all of them, I mean, like, another thing that we brought up was, like, new California cuisine. But I think, like, ultimately the most ubiquitous thing that we found in the state was Baja Fish Tacos, especially in San Diego. Like, that's the place San where Diego. San Diego. <laughs> that's the place where you should get them. Where's the place? You should go to Oscars, which is a seafood shack that Megan Spurrell, um, who's popped on here before, suggested she is a Californian, and I take her word for it. Yeah. yeah, She's got great taste. Now remind me what a Baja fish taco is. So a Baja fish taco is fried fish, cabbage. Um, this fish also is usually like fresh caught, a squeeze of lime, and then a little drizzle of crema. It's usually a white fish too, Yeah, right? So we could have, we debated here, right? We could mm-hmm. have gone burrito. Everything we landed on for California had a Mexican influence. Yeah. yeah. That Well, yeah, and that is sort of what's distinctive about other than the, the new California cooking thing, which mm-hmm. then, you know, went. was there any thought, Bridget, to the dish having to have been invented, quote unquote, in the place or or exported? Because like the Baja taco, mm-hmm. you can now get those all over the country. You can get versions of that that do, at least in many cases, take that what we just described as their origin point, like that definition of of what a fish taco is mm-hmm. has stayed remarkable. If I order it from the random place in my neighborhood in Brooklyn, it's going to be more or less that, Yeah, which is kind of surprising. But was there any thought to, as you defined these dishes, did it have to have been invented there? Not necessarily. I mean, I think it was more about 
the prevalence in the state and just like them doing it really well. I mean, like some of the other states, like, yes, like the hamburger we picked for Connecticut because it was invented there. But then for Arizona, this ridiculously delicious Sonoran dog was a tradition that came over from Mexico and is now really popular in Tucson because the, you can't walk through the streets without running into someone selling it from a street food cart. Uh, Sonoran dog, what is that? That is a hot dog that is wrapped in bacon and then it's topped with wow. pinto beans, tomatoes, a mix of raw and grilled onions. Then it's topped with mustard, mayonnaise, and jalapeno salsa. And then that whole thing. <laughs> thinking that the mayonnaise got added on after it was brought <laughs> over from Mexico. Oh, yeah. Um, the roll that is served in El Bolillo roll, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, give me a shout if I'm not. But it's ovular in shape, and that's something that's usually freshly baked in Mexico and then brought over. And you want to know what the best part to me is, is that the place where you should get it in Tucson just got a James Beard Award yeah, like for the, hot dogs. Like it beat <laughs> right. out nearly 200 other vendors it selling that mayonnaise. same hot dog. It was the mayonnaise. <laughs> like that's how good it is. And this specific guy, the chef that won this award, like he has a bakery in the Sonoran region of Mexico and has the rolls freshly baked and then brought over. So you have to bake, the rolls have to be baked in the Sonoran region? I think that's ideal, yeah. It it makes it better. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, the place you should go is El Guero Canelo in Tucson. Okay. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Look for the James Beard Award. Eat that James Beard Award winning hot dog. James Beard Award hot dog. (laughs) That's wrapped in bacon. Just like so many things. What more can you want? How many hot dogs do we have on this list? Two. Just two. Just two. All right, America. (laughs) <laughs> in America. Surprise! I mean, we could, that's another thing we could have done for New York theoretically, but then again, I love uh. I love the different European influences. Though you've got the German influence across, we've got Italian influence a couple times. Yeah, up in Utah, when we're talking about things we've yeah, never what, heard of yeah. before. What's the Utah thing? So there's a fried scone, and there's a lot of. I mean. People debate what this really is. Some say it's a sopapilla. Some say it's a riff on Navajo fry bread. What it's, it's not is a scone in the not British in the, sense. Like, <laughs> sit, have a tea, and slather a lot of butter on it because it's a super dry scone. It's right. not that. It is more like a fried pastry covered in honey butter or powdered sugar. Ooh. Yeah. You know what? I just think everything so should good. be covered in honey butter. That's going to be my hot take today. <laughs> <laughs> It's more sweet, but it's a, it's a nice mix, you know? It's not too heavy, even though it looks like it would kill you, but yeah. it can be huge. It could be the size of a plate. It could almost be fried dough. You know, fried dough mm. you get at um, a fair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I believe the place that was recommended, now, you know, this is one, another one of those that I, I bet we're getting some debate on. Um, the reason behind it, there's this legend that Mormon missionaries who spent time with the Navajo kind of brought back their iteration of the fry bread. Mm. And that's why this scone exists uh, across the state. And people go crazy for the one at Sills Cafe, which is a little mom and pop shop outside of Salt Lake City, about an hour north in a town called Layton. And it's just, you know, they say the dough is kind of slightly sweet. Um, might make a Mormon break their vows. I don't know. It's, like, it's, it's real which, good. Which vows? <laughs> <laughs> they don't take a vow to eat none. The people need to go eat honey butter. <laughs> no gluttony. Ah, uh, I see what you did there. Catholics, Catholics <laughs> beat them to it. Watch some Big Love and you will understand. <laughs> Um, I think the other one that surprised me because it was imported from elsewhere was Nevada. Yeah, oh, that one puzzled yeah. me too. And so 
Louis Basque Corner. Uh, I'm curious as to did they invent this? Like th- this is where you're supposed to get it, but it didn't start there. Right? Well, I mean, it probably started in the Basque region of Spain. It did, right. and then when people came oh, over, it's called, and started... okay. Let's say what it is. It's called Basque Lamb and Pecan Punch. Yes. So what happened was when I was speaking to the, the Nevada State Tourism Board about this, a bunch of people from the Basque region in Spain left during the Francoist. Mm-hmm. Revolution mm-hmm. and um, came to California, Oregon, Ohio, and northern Nevada. So their cuisine kind of still lives on in the state today. And it's like this family style stuff, and meat is really centric to that. And since a lot of them were sheep herders, like lamb mm-hmm. is like absolutely something that you have to get. Like you can get lamb chops, you can get like a lamb steak. Uh, we, I think, specifically picked or at least showed lamb chops there. And at Louis, you can also get the famous pecan punch, which is like a traditional drink. And it's not spelled pecan like you probably think no. it's spelled. It's P-I-C-O-N. Yeah. And it's like Amaro, soda, grenadine, lemon juice, brandy. It definitely sounds like it packs a punch. But, <laughs> oh, Bridget. Bridget. We're not going to let you do that anymore. <laughs> One pun and done is my yeah. role in yeah. the office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You can't do I've that. had to in- enforce that a lot lately. There's a lot of punniness going on right now. It's the oh, World no. Cup, I think. <laughs> it's the World Cup. We're all losing our minds. World, World Cup of puns. Yeah. I have one more like crazy. When I was flipping through this, and was like, what is that based on the <laughs> illustration alone? Is Cincinnati chili for Ohio. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Which let me just read you. If you've never had this insanity, it's like a sauce that you eat on top of spaghetti. So it's but you have to say with the sauce because like yeah, spaghetti yeah. comes with the sauce. Well, it's, we, we it's chili, roughly, right? But without beans, no yeah, beans, no, no beans. beans, cheddar cheese, mustard, onions, oyster crackers. You can get on all top of, of spaghetti or some of that. No, can oh I? Oh my gosh, I just like I'm spaghetti s- with tomato sauce already. No, no, no. no. Just like, plain, this is, it's just noodles. So you yeah. got you got spaghetti noodles, and then you've got like a cinnamony, thin, beanless chili that comes with a mix of cheddar cheese, mustard, onions, oyster crackers, and or beans if you wanted to add them in. But yeah. like, I mean, <laughs> that's a, a, that is a food. That's a, that's that's a, a face f- full of food. That's a food choice. That's yeah. a thing. And mm. I am impressed and you should go to Skyline Chili, which is a chain and is like the way to go. And you get a three way, which what? is hilarious. Yes. <laughs> um, Do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> spaghetti with all of the things. And then meaning all of the chili, and then shredded cheese on top. It yeah. sounds reminiscent of a garbage plate from, is Rochester. it Rochester or Buffalo? Rochester, Rochester. Right? Thank you. They're going to get mad at me. I was going to say, that, is that a real thing, or are you just being culturally insensitive? <laughs> Maybe both. No, I think, um, no, the garbage plate was another thing. You know, when you look at the food of a state, the major cities often dominate, right? Yeah. Justifiably or not justifiably so. There's a whole lot of other places and a lot of other cultures doing their thing. So in New York State, upstate, there's the garbage plate, which is, it like evokes, again, passion and rage and people like go to the mattresses over it. Um, yeah. And it's the same Another kind of... Another unfortunate New York, New Jersey <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> uh, what is on a garbage plate? It's like... Please tell me it's not actual garbage. No, no, no. You get a base, and I think you have an option of potato salad or macaroni salad, and then you can top it with, like, baked beans. I want to say 
hamburger patties, hot dogs, sides on top of each other, meat and sauces and fries on top of more fries, and And you just like eat it in mounds, like all together. All those things together. America's poutine. It is America's poutine. Oh my god! More more things than poutine. Oh my god! Typical Canadian restraint. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of poutine, what do we think, Wisconsin's? Oh my gosh, cheese curds. Cheese curds. Cheese curds. But just the cheese curds? Yes. Oh, yeah. No fries? No No gravy? No, no. just the cheese curds. Because you can get those fried or you can get different seasonings on them, like buffalo or Cajun. Like, they really make cheese curds in art over there. I will just say, like, cheese curds that are just, like, a little squeaky are so, man, it's so great. Well, Catherine, (laughs) who wrote that blurb, said that I think you have to eat them within 12 hours of them being made, and that's when you know that, like, they're just right because it does make the little squeaky noise. But, dude, (laughs) can't we say that about most food? Um, no, I like a good sauce a day later. Oh, yeah. A tomato sauce, bolognese or something. Especially, too, like, sometimes, like, if you do, like, vinegar salads or something, like, summer salads, like, if it's, like, beans or something, like, if everything really, like, what is that word, like, macerate? Macerate. Macerates for, like, a, like 24 hours or so, then you really get the rich flavors. I'm also always pro second day pie. Yeah, yep. pie. Okay, fine. Yeah. See, so you ask, right. and we have answers. We for you. have answers. I love answers. Second day lasagna. <laughs> okay, so pulled pork, like all things that yep. you can like just. Sure. Do you want us just to keep don't, going? Don't leave, it, <laughs> don't leave it out for twelve hours. Fair. Though, That's fair. Put it no. in the fridge That's and fair. rewarm. And if you're going to eat it, you go to Ellsworth, Wisconsin, which is apparently the cheese curd capital of the state, mm-hmm. and there's a festival. Oh my God, for cheese curds. For cheese, cheese curd curds. Festival. Google it. Don't we know. Had cheese curds sent to the office once, and I think they were gone within two hours. They're not coming even back. <laughs> Are they really? Yes. I'll be next here that week. Day. Did you guys get lobbied when you were making the California pick by Gilroy? No. Gilroy is that is a the, person, place, or thing? It is a place. <laughs> it is a town set on the south of San Francisco, kind of in the San Jose region, and they put. It's a garlic. It's like the garlic capital of the United States. And they have a festival for garlic and they make garlic ice cream and they put garlic on everything. And they are they are more aggressive than even like the almond people in California. (laughs) So I'm really surprised they weren't up in your grill to make like garlic ice cream, the food of California. I don't know if anyone (laughs) would say garlic ice cream is the state food of California. I think people in Gilroy would say, please can it be the state food of California? (laughs) May non. (laughs) Because you can't get it anywhere else. That's fair. But I still, I would vote wine, which isn't even a food. That's not a food. But they do it so well. So well. Okay. Doesn't even matter. What is Scrapple? I've been hearing about Scrapple for a while because my freshman year college roommate had, like grew up in Delaware and like had it all the time for breakfast. Like and it was her, one of her favorite foods. It's basically pork scraps, and then you mix it up with like cornmeal and wheat flour, different spices. I think often like sage and black pepper are used to flavor it, and then it's formed into a loaf. And it, then, in my oh. mind, the name comes from like scrap pile. So scrap and then pile, it's scrapple, like a little. Did you just make that up? Yeah, <laughs> that like armchair I mean, like, etymology. <laughs> my family, uh, parts of my family, um, have spent a lot of time on the East Coast, and that bit of it, and so scrapple has made its way into my home in Texas. Yeah, and you know that was always how it was explained to me. Bringing back the scrapple, <laughs> scrapple, the scrapple. So, so, yeah, it's like a fried slice of sort of sausage. Why is it a Delaware thing? Because it, they are the world's largest producer 
of Scrapple. Mm. It wasn't invented there. I think it was invented in Pennsylvania, but like they make so much of it. And they also have an annual Scrapple festival. Which is With- funny because Delaware isn't that big. So no. that's got to be they're a working dense, hard. Dense <laughs> yeah, they're working hard on the Scrapple. <laughs> got Scrapple factories and Scrapple festivals. And, and the Scrapple Festival is where? Oh, I was It kidding. is in Bridgeton. Oh, no, there's a Scrapple Festival. It is an Brad. Apple Scrapple Festival, in <laughs> fact. An Apple Scrapple Festival. But what? Bridgeville. What? In Bridgeville. Okay, but what the what's the apple part? I, it's just also like ciders and like donuts and stuff like that. Like they have like the... Oh, apples and Scrapple. They, yeah, apples not and Scrapple. Made not not Scrapple, apples. apple. Like okay. together. Okay. But like Scrapple and apple coexisting in harmony. <laughs> At this festival in Bridgeville. Yes. Okay. All right. But... Who got the apple cider ribbon? That would be New Hampshire. For not apple cider itself. Cider donuts. But for cider, cider donuts. donuts. Oh my god. You cannot go hot wrong. Cider donut. Mm-mm. A little with paper bag. A, cider donut. a little crispy. It's just like oh mm-hmm. god. It's exactly what you think it is. It's like apple cider in donut form. Yeah. Easy. Easy. A little piece. powdered sugar on it. Cinnamon. And did we even I feel like this is one of those What places. did we say for Louisiana? Oh, po' boy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, were you thinking beignets, maybe? Yeah. I mean, again, so many influences, right? Yeah. yeah. How do you choose? We could have gone with gumbo. Like, there were so many options. Um, even What was the other one? Mufalada. We had an option for that. Which is a different version of the New Jersey sandwich. The Italian right? deli sandwich. Like, yeah, Italian absolutely. Italian sandwich. A common theme to me seems to be that these are what Italians would call cucina povera, right? These are, these are not highfalutin foods. Mm-mm. We are a, a blue-collar nation, so to speak, when it comes to iconic foods. Would you guys agree with that? I mean, it's definitely like home-cooked family recipes. We're not talking about like perfectly seared scallops here. This is like stuff that you want to eat and kick back with your friends. Yeah. But I think that's the thing. It's like when you want to go home, like when I want to go to Texas, like I want to eat so much brisket with all mm-hmm. my family and all my friends and maybe it's cooked in somebody's backyard and maybe it's from a restaurant but it, it like brings back all of these memories and I think you can't get that when you're eating like some like very artful gastronomic dish that is yeah, absolutely right. delicious but you probably you can't recreate these are dishes fine that make you feel is, like home yeah fine dining is exclusive by nature right and a lot of what we were looking at was something that inspired love across states right mm-hmm. so for that to happen it has to be accessible to a degree so yes i don't know if blue collar is quite it but it's yeah it's not the like right you're thing. saying it's the the food from homes oh. um th- that have meaning to multiple cultures i'd say but the other thing that's true of them and i don't know what to make of this except again that it you know like with scrapple you've got people taking different scraps of things and putting them together into a dish is it's mm-hmm. not oysters you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you go to a but certain. But it is crab cakes, and it is. But crab cakes is a preparation, clams, right? Like, clams. Yes, but it's it, riffs on. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. We the took thing. the. We didn't just take the. Not just the it's crab. It's not simple. Well, like we, we put a yeah, lot of ingredients. There is the crab, king crab in Alaska. Yes. Mm-hmm. So not a great example, okay. but like it's not just the oyster. There <laughs> we go. A little yeah. bit of butter. <laughs> we'll go with that. Right. It's like a, yeah. We did something with the oyster. We stuffed it. We put some stuff into it. It's not just go to the sea and pull it out and eat it. Uh, or rarely is it that, I guess. <laughs> One exception. One exception. One exception. Yeah, a lot of the coastal dishes were a little more simply prepared. Yeah. They weren't fried and doused and repurposed. So the king crab up in Alaska, you've got cedar plank salmon in Washington State. That's relatively straightforward. Yeah. Uh, lobster roll, not fried. Oh, that's right. Lobster roll out in Maine. Yeah. You just need the bread. <laughs> I can tell you, though, getting from lobster to lobster roll... That is some preparation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Having just done that, 
Fair. Everybody loves to like make their own lobster and that's a thing. And like we do it every year. And I'm just like the effort to <laughs> meat ratio in this is like, I am happy to just go buy the roll and like get somebody else to do that part. Now, where do you get your lobster? Roll? Well, this is one where unlike the two of you from New Jersey, Polly and I, who are both from Maine, agree completely on this. Um, <laughs> There are many places you can get a really great lobster roll, and I just had a bunch of them. I'm going to get cholesterol tested this week. <laughs> but the one that both she and I agree is kind of the best place to get it is the Two Lights Lobster Shack, which is out by Two Lights south of Portland. It's, it's in Portland, basically, but it's not in the city proper. It's outside. And it's kind of a park which is one of the things that's great about it because there is literally a lighthouse there and there's this very old school lobster shack on that property with like red picnic tables, umbrellas, and there's the ocean is right there. And that's kind of what makes it great. First of all, the lobster shack is real. It's good. They do it the old school way. You go in, you order. It feels like the real deal that you'll find in many parts of the state. So that one, it's not been sort of touristified. But then you go and eat them on, you know, these picnic tables right at the ocean. And if you have kids or if you're inclined to walk, you can walk around. And it's a very main coastal landscape right there with the lighthouse there and the rocks by the water. So it's a way of getting all your main kind of like in one fell swoop. And it's delicious at the same time. So complete agreement on that one. Though I will certainly say that there are many places throughout the state that you can get really good lobster rolls and I was just in Bar Harbor and you can't throw a rock without hitting a lobster shack up there it's just nuts <laughs> um, and Rockport's the same way Camden's the same way so they're everywhere okay so what was the one thing that you guys walked away from this feeling like got to the top of your list of I gotta try that Oh, and please don't say the deli sandwich <laughs> I know you want to eat one of those you probably just ate a bunch of those because you were all back home. Yes, I did. No, I want to find out what the big deal is about a Connecticut hamburger. I am. Yeah. It has a square bun. What's up with that? So you get it from Louie's Lunch in New Haven. Yep. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And it's a, a burger on white toast, like straight up. That looks like Wonder Bread. With cheese, tomato, onions, and that's it. That's all that's allowed on a burger, yeah? Yep. You pay cash and you sit down and it it's no frills. changes you. Yep. It changes you. Like, like they you are all the about like and you get a white clam pizza. The quality yeah. of the meat, basically, like that's what it's about. Like how juicy it is. Like mm -hmm. that you don't need anything else. Like that's the, what they really focus on. I admire that. Yeah, that's like the brisket. Like if you need sauce, we did it wrong. We did it wrong. There if you, you need ketchup or mustard, we didn't cook it right. Right. Okay. I can get behind that. Okay, so that's the one you want to try, Laura. Mm -hmm. Bridget, what did you come away from this wanting to try? I mean, you really made the case for those shrimp and grits. I, the way that it was prepared at Miller's all day made it sound really good with the breadcrumbs. Well, everything. that's a, it's another one of those dishes where everybody has a take on it. Yeah. I think it's probably useless to figure out what take you like best. Okay. There is a sort of canonical version of it that has mushrooms in it, that mm -hmm. has um, a tomato-based mm. sauce and shrimp and grits, of course. But then those guys had riffed on it in a really interesting way that made it super fresh again, but still felt very real. Yeah. Yeah, so... I would recommend that. I mean, I also, like, if we're going for a specific, specific, like, food to a specific restaurant, then I do want to try that Z-Man sandwich. Like, I am sold <laughs> on onion rings, on the meat, on the cheese, like, <laughs> sauce, like, let's go. 
Um, I really want to go for the other hot dog on the list. Actually, we have three hot dogs on the list. This makes three. What was the third one? Well, it's like kind of a hot dog. Not really. Oh. The half smoke yeah. from DC, which oh, is right. technically a sausage. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a hot dog, but it looks like a hot dog. So mm, take and do without what you will. Oh, which dog. which reminds me, before we go, we didn't talk about Puerto Rico either. We did include Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico, giving yes. them some love. Puerto Rico is the mofongo. It's oh. exactly what you think is it's it? going to be. Don't do that. That's an Italian way of saying it. a mofongo. And DC was the half smoke. Yes, yes. but you, so, you want to try the Sonoran dog? No, I want to. I, I, I want to try the Sonoran I have dog. I had the Sonoran dog. It is delicious. I want to try the half smoke Got from it. DC, okay. which is a sausage that's smoked before it's grilled. And I'm just like always pro smoking meat. Yeah. I think that is just like oh, it's so good. And Karina, who decided on where we would, I guess, suggest. Where to get the half smoke? Said Ben's Chili Bowl. It's six dollars, and as she said, if it's good enough for Barack Obama, we'll take it. Yeah, um, I want the gooey butter cake. Oh, it's so Ooh, good! Yeah, yeah. it's so I mean, good. It's like sounds like the most decadent. It's like one of those ever. things that you're gonna order a slice and you're gonna be like, shoot, I should have invited all my friends <laughs> to help me eat this because I don't think I can finish it on my but own. But I'm really kind of glad. I but didn't. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Can we also have a party where we just order like all the pies, <laughs> like Juneberry pie, Marionberry pie, Huckleberry pie. We can do that. Key lime pie. Key lime pie. Oh my God. I, I Gooey butter cake will count as. That gets filed under research. Oh, exactly. In the, in the accounting. Report. You know what? If you follow us, any of us individually on Instagram, maybe we can convince Meg Reinhardt, our baker extraordinaire, to uh, bake us a few. Yes. See what happens there. Okay. And then you might be able to see them on our Instagrams if if she decides to spend her time baking us five pies. All right. <laughs> so you need to go to our site to find the rest of these and to read all of the glowing descriptions of these different kinds of foods, the celebration of food around the U.S. 50 States, 50 Dishes is what it's called. America's favorite foods and where to find them. Where to find them. Where yeah. to find them. So look for that on the site and you can see these beautiful illustrations that paint the picture for you for each of these dishes. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes and SoundCloud. Visit us at cntraveler.com. Mara, what's coming up on Women Who Travel? So in our most recent episode, we had all of the expats past and present in the office pop by and chat about what it's really like to move abroad. And there's a ton of really great tips um, and information and a really terrifying story about Catherine getting a spider in her ear. So if you're squeamish at all, you should definitely take a listen. Don't what does that have to do with moving abroad? Like, is that Zero initiation? Things. No, no, no just... things. It just was a relevant, irrelevant story. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really interesting. Uh, Lale, who's my co-host, is currently an expat. We talk about why the word expat is really problematic in and of itself. We have Catherine's stories from Greece, Megan's stories from South America. We've got it all. Okay. Listen Subscribe. In. Get a listen on. Get <laughs> your listen on. We are at Condé Nast Traveler on Facebook and YouTube, CN Traveler on Instagram and Twitter. Please do tweet at us. Let us know what your favorite food in your state is, because you may not agree with our experts and sources and our own opinions. So let us know what you think. Send us feedback. Review us on iTunes. And where can people reach you, Laura? I'm on Instagram at Laura underscore Redman and on Twitter at Danon825. Bridge. You can find me on Instagram at brhalanan. Hallinan with two L, 
two L's. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, and you can find me at Oh Hey There Mayor. And we're planning our podcast for this second half of the year. So if you have anything that you really have been dying for us to argue or talk or discuss on the podcast, or you really want to sick Mark Elwood on something, tweet at me and let me know because I can probably make it happen. It's fun. I don't know which podcast you're talking. Are you talking about Travelogue? No, Travelogue. Okay. Both yeah. of them. We have okay. two Travelogue and Women, Women Who, Who Travel. Travel. If you don't know that by now, know it. <laughs> well, she just. <laughs> Huzzah! Yeah. But yeah, so for Travelogue, we're planning for the rest of the year. Definitely make sure to tweet at me if you have any ideas or anything that you really are desperate for us to chit chat about. Yeah, for sure. And I'm at Bradrick. You can do the same thing with me. Have a great weekend, everybody. Go eat. Go eat.